0: There is no excuse for anyone in taking the position that there is no more truth to be revealed, and that all our expositions of Scripture are without error. The fact that certain doctrines have been held as truth for many years by our people is not a proof that our ideas are infallible. Age will not make error into truth, and truth can afford to be fair. No doctrine will lose anything by close investigation. That's Ellen White writing in Counsels to writers and editors.
1: Offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart.
0: Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Falvo Fowler, and this is Sabbath School University. Welcome to another show. Actually, it's a new study, and it's on the sanctuary, and this time we have new hosts or victims or however you want to call them. Uh, Sarah and Ika. Sarah's finished. Ica, it will be back soon, I hope. Um, So I'm going to ask them to tell me a little bit about themselves and why did you choose Andrews University, because that's where we're shooting this, producing this, for those that don't understand it. But go.
1: My name is Alarice Mm Colley, and I am from the Bahamas. And I chose Andrews because I was forced by the Holy Spirit to come here.
0: Forced? <laughs> I'm just saying you like, okay, welcome. That's a way of putting it. Uh,
2: my <laughs> name is Brendan Albury. I'm also born in the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, coming from Maryland. And uh, I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to come to Andrews because I believe it was a good ambience and atmosphere for my family and I.
0: I like that. You felt impressed as opposed to forced. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome
3: to the show (laughs) and the veteran. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess. Yeah. Maybe so, yeah. I'm Andrew uh, Campbell. I'm from the Cayman Islands, also in the Caribbean. Um, It's interesting. We have three people from the West Indies. We're all going (laughs) to play cricket afterwards. The Indian and the Caribbean. That's right. That's right. We're going to go play cricket. Uh, I chose Andrew's University. Really because I grew up kind of just having this this idea of this aura, you know, about Andrews University. Like, it's the farm. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, I grew up thinking, you know, if, if there is a place on earth that is like a little piece of heaven, it is Andrews University. And just because of all the great things I had heard about Andrews University, I'd never been there. I'd never even been to their website or, or seen... Mm-hmm. videos or anything but yeah it, it had a really good reputation
0: so after studying here how do you feel
3: <laughs> i have to say I, I really enjoyed my experience here mm-hmm. um, not quite mm-hmm. heaven be, but <laughs> uh, <true. laughs> that's, that's, see, that's what, what we're is. talking about in yeah. the intro you know yeah
0: <laughs> it's always good back and evaluate everything Valerie, <laughs> since this is your first time uh would you offer prayer and read the key scripture please
1: sure heavenly father thank you so much for this opportunity to be here we ask that you would be with those that are watching. Help us to understand the message that you want to give to us today. And Lord, bless us as um, we try to understand more about you. In your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. So our scripture is from Wait. First Kings chapter 8, verse 49. Then hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause.
0: Thank you. <laughs> now, we're going to study about sanctuary, which is like I you know, the moment I hear the word sanctuary, I think of Quasimodo going, sanctuary, sanctuary, but that's popular culture influencing your thoughts in some ways, it shouldn't, (laughs) but it does. Um, The sanctuary is well-defined in the books of Moses, but it's also heavenly as Paul puts it, it's in, in heaven. So the sanctuary in heaven, is it an actual place or is it just metaphorically stated?
3: In all honesty, we don't have a whole lot of scriptural references to the heavenly sanctuary, um, so it's not it's not quite as well defined as say the earthly sanctuary, but we do mm-hmm. have some some clues that kind of give us an idea that it is actually a place because okay. Hebrews chapter eight uh, gives us the idea that uh, Moses was actually shown that heavenly sanctuary and and he was supposed to build the earthly sanctuary to pattern that one. Um, and so that kind of gives you a pretty good indication that this is not just a metaphor, that this is actually something real.
2: Okay. Anybody else? Well, just like uh, Andrew said, I do believe that it is a copy a uh, Carbon copy, if you. Which one?
0: Heaven is a carbon well, copy. Earth, or the, the earthly sanctuary mm-hmm. would be a carbon a copy, carbon copy. Man, uh, there's going to be people in the audience. That, I mean, <laughs> and the viewers, listeners that have no idea what you're talking about. Well, carbon <laughs>
2: copy is, you know, the the, the 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 carbon paper you would put on the back for a typewriter. For those that don't know about keyboarding back in the day, typewriter. There's a lot of people <laughs> <who> use computers. <laughs> but the, the to get to the point, <laughs> the, the the copy of the earthly sanctuary is much similar to that of the heavenly sanctuary. All the furnishings. I believe is more sometimes metaphorical as we get into, I'm sure, sanctuary and the depth of sanctuary. Like uh, Andrew said, that the replica of the heavenly sanctuary, the way it should have been adorned and edified, I believe that it can be both, okay, a literal and metaphorical, in a sense, as we continue throughout the study.
1: And he took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) I was about to say that I think it is a very real place. However, it has a lot of symbolic value to it okay. and that's also what we see in the earthly sanctuary as well so yes
0: all right so so we have the sanctuary in heaven we have mm-hmm. sanctuary we have the sanctuary on earth at least yeah in the Bible it speaks about it why 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 af, after after Egypt how come Abraham didn't have a
3: sanctuary well you go back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. right and uh, in Genesis 3 it tells the story of the fall that they sinned and that there's, there's a line, you know, in Genesis 2 that, that says, you know, don't eat, eat, don't eat from the tree, because if the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And, um, well, when we read Genesis 3, you see that, well, they didn't die that same day. But if you read it carefully, you see that God clothed them with skins, animal skins. And obviously, it indicates that well, while they did not necessarily die, something had to, had to die, right. mm-hmm. um, and it died in their place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the beginning of God's revelation to humanity of His grand plan of saving the world. And so, what we find in Genesis and as we move into Exodus um, is a progression that God is teaching His people slowly uh, he doesn't overload them with information. He teaches them slowly. And, and so you see Abraham offering sacrifices. But then you know, when by the time Moses comes around, you get a lot more information, a lot more instructions, and a lot more details that are intended to teach more about this plan and all pointing towards the ultimate fulfillment mm-hmm. of everything, Jesus Christ.
0: Hmm. See, one of the things, go ahead.
1: No, I was saying, and I think also that that was the perfect time in history because the sanctuary represents God being with his people. So here you have the people of Israel leaving Egypt, Mm -hmm. they're in the desert. So that was the perfect time for God to reveal himself in the earthly sanctuary by saying, listen, I am still with you. You Hmm. came, you're going through the desert, you're going through these difficulties, but I am still with you.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because when you take a look at it, these these were people who were slaves. They weren't given... The opportunity to think—they had to do. They, it was like you know, it was like training. It was almost Pavlovian. You wake up in the morning. This is what you do. You—the bell rings. You go home. You don't think. You do what you're told to do, and you don't have—you don't have the ability to think further. So much so that you can almost eradicate somebody's base idea of of God, religion, yeah. and family, because there is no family. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the slaves in the United States, families were just were you know, pieces of equipment, so to speak, mm. you can separate it and there's no reason. So when you look at it, yeah, I, I can see that. It's when they get out in the desert, they have no clue, they've heard about God. And so you had, God had to sort of institute the Ten Commandments and get them into thinking beyond mm-hmm. what they've been indoctrinated to think yeah. and find truth and that freedom that comes both from leaving Egypt as well as Scripture. Now mm-hmm. we, the sanctuary, they say, is where God dwells. How do you explain that? that sanctuary is God's dwelling when we believe that God is everywhere he's all powerful he's he's all-knowing and he's everywhere
3: mm-hmm.
0: is it taking God and putting him in a box mm-hmm. how do you explain that concept so that, the first <laughs> thing we do not want to uh, mistake and, and th- do or
2: even think about is putting God in a box or putting ourselves in a box um, we don't mm. want to limit God we don't want to limit our a worship experience Uh, when you look at the definition of sanctuary from the Hebrew it's a consecrated place but before it being a physical place I believe and I, I don't wanna jump so far but I wanna say that first it must be a consecrated idea it must be a consecrated belief system conviction must resonate inside one's heart in order for me to believe in the all-knowing all-powerful okay. god that he is mm-hmm. everywhere omniscient and omnipresent and once my thoughts are consecrated it no longer becomes a place it becomes a state of being it becomes it becomes tangible because i am the perfect example that god exists and he can dwell not just amongst me but in me as well and uh, i do believe that god is everywhere and if we can actually define first who is God and the Godhead, the Trinity in one, then we can believe that, yes, the heavenly sanctuary does exist. God does dwell in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. But we must also reckon the, the Holy Spirit, the third party that is with us in our sanctuary experience.
3: Mm-hmm. I, Go ahead. I, I think... Um, Another thing that that's important to note when you talk about you know God's omnipresence, you you want to make sure that you're not taken wrong uh, or you're not mistaken, because what we're not saying is um, that we're somehow believing in pantheism. We don't believe that the universe is God, and we don't believe that God is the universe. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Bible, it's quite clear that there's a distinction between creator and creation. Mm-hmm. Um, When God creates Adam, Adam is not God, and neither is he part of God.
0: Even though God breathes His breath in him, yeah, yes,
3: he Mm -hmm. Adam is in the image
0: of Of God, right?
3: And so, um, what when when we talk about God's omnipresence, we don't want to be mistaken for for saying you know okay we're going into pantheism or anything like that, Um, because Scripture clearly teaches that God does not force His will on anyone. So God won't. You know,
0: force you to come to Andrews.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Good
3: example. Um, and and also, if you don't want God in your heart, he he, he will he will not force himself upon mm-hmm. you. Um, and so, it, there, that's a subtle distinction that that you know is important to make. And um,
0: now, is it possible that we have a all presence <laughs> present God and? But in, he- in heaven specifically, there are specific tasks that God does in specific places. Can we define it like that? You know, we don't know. I
3: think, I think that's all in the realm of speculation. Ah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think, okay, you, sure, Scripture Which, will, gi- will give us certain clues yes. about, about these things. But at the same time, we have to recognize
0: that we are defining God in human terms and exactly. human, human mm-hmm. tasks. To fit our own thing. You were mentioning before we started about the classes. You're talking about how. Uh, what was that again? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to say <laughs> that. You thought I'd forget and leave it be.
3: Uh, I was I was doing an exam and I actually had to write an essay about uh, the role of scripture, the interpretation of scripture, and teachers hmm. in, in a Christian community, and so obviously everyone starts out with the lovely idea of having Scripture above all, Mm -hmm. you know. Sola Scriptura. Mm -hmm. Scripture is is the ultimate authority. And then below that is our interpretation of Scripture. And that has less authority than the Scripture itself. And then there's the the teachers who actually teach that interpretation. But what happens sometimes is that you get uh, people getting comfortable with an in- interpretation that they have arrived at. And sometimes that interpretation can get put on the top shelf, above Scripture. So that what happens at that point is that now you're not looking at Scripture to derive your interpretation. You're taking your interpretation and you're looking at Scripture to help to try to support what proof you already... Yeah, proof texting. So, uh,
0: yeah. That's why I love the quote that we used in the introduction where Ellen White says, you know, there is nothing that should stop us from going back to Scripture to find out if it's biblical, if that's what God's going to say. Just because we have it doesn't mean that we're right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We need to go mm-hmm. back to the source to find out if these are these are defined in Scripture or, have these, or are we following things that human beings have put in to make us see that way. And that, I think that's one of the reasons why we have as many denominations that we have is yeah. we cling to what we what people say and say this is it. Yeah. yeah. But if we only broke down that barrier and came together and say what is it, mm-hmm. we discover truth. I mean, I think that's what they did back in 1844. Is they went back and they yep. came together.
3: That's right. And, mm-hmm. it, and it does take an element of humility too, to to keep yourself in a in a position where you are not that ultimate authority, um, where you you always recognize that the word of God is the ultimate authority and that you could be wrong. My mm-hmm. my interpretation very well could be wrong. And so, uh, like you said in that quote, you know, age mm-hmm. does not turn error into truth. Exactly. And cool. so, um, we does do tradition. Believe, uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. we do believe that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So, we should expect that changes will happen in our understanding of Scripture, mm-hmm. because we we should not assume that we have all the truth that there is to know right now and so we should expect that there should be developments
0: now and coming back to the sanctuary because that that's the basis if you go back to find what scripture has to say and and develop you know the ideas and it, again it comes from the, like this exchange of ideas a talking mm-hmm. of scripture not mm-hmm. nothing scripted it has to be nothing from predefined ideas but mm-hmm. you look back at the source yeah. we know and in have in the sanctuary there's a worship right? There's Mm -hmm. the worship of God. Mm -hmm. How does that differ from the the sanctuary that we have on earth? How's that worship different? Or is there a difference?
1: I was just thinking about that actually today in terms of heavenly worship as opposed to earthly worship. So in the heavenly sanctuary, you have angels, you have these beings that probably never fought, fought, had never fallen, getting tongue-tied, and they're worshiping God. Whereas in the earthly sanctuary, it's dealing with atonement, it's dealing with salvation. So the heavenly people or the heavenly beings are just worshiping God for who he is. Whereas the earthly, it's more about salvation. And I was thinking, you know, how important is it for us to follow even that model to worship God just because of who he is, not just because of what he did for us?
2: Mm. I I agree with Alarice, but I would like to add on. I think Mm -hmm. as human beings, we should worship God as the creator for who He is as mm-hmm. well, but we should actually be contrite. We should be in a state of, uh, of contrition and recognizing mm-hmm. our sinful nature and our need for repentance on a daily basis. See, that's mm-hmm. the difference between us, but we should not stop from worshiping God for who He yes. is. We should include that mm-hmm. somewhere in, I mean, because a lot of people at times, they go to church only to ask God for something, instead of praising god for who he he already is or mm-hmm. or having a personal relationship with god because oh huh, i need a new toy or well, i want that new iphone 6 that's coming out let me get on my knees <laughs> for by the way 5s well, <laughs> but you know it could be 6 but it's a 5s five 5s five and and i want that phone right now let me get on my knees and pray and we believe that god mm-hmm. is like a genie lamp we, we can mm-hmm. rub and all of the wishes can come when 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 we make a, 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 a request or a desire from our hearts But we need to worship God for who He is, and that means even through sustained moments of suffering, Mm -hmm. we must worship God for who He is because we live in a state of sin. We must recognize that as sinners, the victory has already been won, but let us still praise Him. Let us still praise Him, regardless.
0: Okay, You mentioned the word contrition. Yes. You walk into a worship service sometimes and it seems like contrition is like you have to check that in order, that's the key you need to get to get inside the church. (laughs) Is it contrition as an, oh my goodness, we're so bad, we're so horrible, we're so good? I mean, we're so horrible, but you're so good, and we stay there? Or is it contrition as recognizing our part in this whole sinful existence, but rejoicing in the fact that, this is a yes or no question, but yeah. unpack this for me.
2: Well, <laughs> Isaiah 53 says, all have fallen short, we all have gone astray. I believe contrition is not the key because I don't believe that penitence should be the motivator or force or yeah. guilt mm-hmm. or guilt behind our consecration or our reconciliation whatsoever you want to use which one mm-hmm. at whatever time need may be to have a state of consecrated place or dwelling place or place to dwell with God or God in dwelling with us I believe the motivating factor should be our desire to recognize who we are and like Andrew said being created mm-hmm. in the image of God I think that's what's most important, that's why I believe the, 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 the sanctuary goes and transcends beyond a specific place or, or, or a building or something physical. It has to be more than something tangible, because remember, faith is the evidence of things not seen. I don't need to go to church to believe in God, but there's a reason to be in a sanctuary. But I don't mm-hmm. want to go so far off. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go too All far. Right.
0: But So it, it, you don't have to cover yourself in guilt and say, you know, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. It's going to find out why God finds us worthy of that sacrifice mm-hmm. exactly. and taking that into the rest of the week. Andrew, you've got something to say.
3: Well, I was just thinking uh, about, okay, you know, the word sanctuary in the Old Testament really meant, you know, the, the, you have the most holy place, you have the holy place, and you have the courtyard, right? And uh, I think for a lot of us, we, we've taken that term and now we apply that to the church, the church building. It's mm-hmm.
1: different. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there's, a, there's a
3: huge difference mm-hmm. because the kind of worship that happened in that sanctuary is, is significantly different from mm-hmm. the worship that we have in our churches today. What happened there in the sanctuary was not a form of corporate worship. You know, people coming together and singing hymns. Right and reading the scriptures together in that building or in, in that edifice. Um, that was where sa- sacrifices are happening. And this is where God is teaching His people about the plan that He is working out to save them, to save us. Uh, and, and I think it's important to recognize how much that plays a role in worship because um, you
0: mentioned the different parts The mm-hmm. um, gotta look at my notes for this he, in each part he was king of the universe a judge uh, recipient of all worship and, and, and redeemer this mm-hmm. is what we get from the study today for different parts the throne room the courtroom of worship and the salvation center uh, from the, the sanctuary lesson that we have today
3: mm-hmm.
0: how do these aspects mean? what do they have to do with us today I, I think it's the way you look
2: at it personally okay. from a Personal perspective, um, the way I, I would look at a king of a universe, and we know there's only one king. I look at him as the sustainer. We consider God as a sustainer. A king is usually someone who sustains. He governs. Okay. Uh, he's a governor, a judge. That means he's the only one that can give me my final sentence. You know, can 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 issue an acquittal okay. if need may be, uh, although I already know that I am guilty. Uh, we all know that. God sent his son to die for me and he paid a price Uh, so I would say he's the only arbiter of my faith Uh, when you look at and I'm going to look at my notes here when you when you take a look here and it says he is a recipient of all worship and praise that also means that I am a recipient of grace by the mere fact that I get to know God and have Mm -hmm. access to him Mm -hmm. and I can dwell with him and he with me do you understand how magnificent that is as mm-hmm. low as I am as an individual I have a king yeah, like I remember the tale the prince and the pop. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the tale okay and as a, a, a boy I remember reading the book and it's amazing how a lot of these tales they they they, 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 are, they they're mm-hmm. like parables they they're pull parables. out these yeah and then I'm sure someone read the scripture and decided just like Uh, C.S. Lewis, who who wrote many chronicles for his children, decided to write another tale. The same thing. Someone came from his throne and came to where I am, a pauper, a lowly individual, a citizen of his kingdom. And if you look at the world, the universe is still his kingdom. uh, But I still see myself as a recipient of grace just to be in the presence of praise and worship. And whether or not I want to recognize it or I want to acknowledge it daily, I need to know that at the end of the day, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, I am a recipient of his grace. All because I know who he is. When you don't recognize God, you can't
0: understand grace. So it comes down to having a relationship. If you don't, I mean, if you just take a predefined cookie cutter idea of God, mm -hmm. you miss out on the meaning of these various aspects of God. No I saying. mean, it's not saying that God, well, if he's in if he's in Russia, he's a judge. If he's in the United States, well, he this it's God is Everything. all of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but and unless you know it, unless you know him, you don't understand how all of these take place. Yeah.
1: And and I, yeah, go on, and I like right. what you said about it's about that relationship. So for you, you know, when you see king, you see him as king of the universe, etc. But when I think king it's more personal for me I'm thinking as king that means that he should be supreme in my life. A king I see as someone who rules everything, who is in charge of everything. So if I'm coming to my king, that means I need to put him as a priority. (laughs) And then when I see him as priest, I'm seeing myself who I truly am like wow, the fact that I need a priest is saying that something is wrong with me. I have issues and I need someone who can stand there and say you know what, I'm going to make this atonement on your behalf, so that relationship with him and where I'm at and where he's trying to carry me helps me to understand these different. It's aspects. very humbling when
0: you think that here's a God of the universe who's willing to come and take an active part in each individual mm-hmm. that he's created. It's not like okay, I'm going to have you, or and that's it. I'm, you know, you're orphans right now. It's like I want to bring you back. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to something that you said earlier on about how the the sanctuary serv- sanctuary in um, the pre Advent, I mean pre I mean I'm talking about pre Jesus. Our church services now are not like the Old Testament. Uh, We are looking forward to the second coming, but our church services are based on the fact that we rejoice that we had our high priest that came down Mm -hmm. to show us one how to live Mm -hmm. and point us to what we're going how we're going to live. I mean, that that I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. So I'm I'm Mm. grateful—not that I'm not grateful for the two of you, but (laughs) it's special. (laughs) How do you you take this whole concept of the sanctuary? How would you tell it to someone who doesn't believe in scripture? You can can quote scripture all you want, but if that person does not believe in scripture, how do you make it? How do you make sense of it to that individual?
3: It's a difficult task. Um, You know, if I if I'm if I had a, a son and and I was trying to teach him mathematics you know I wouldn't start with trigonometry or, or <laughs> calculus I would start with the basics. Well, my, my point is uh, I think that the sanctuary doctrine uh, perhaps can be if you notice even the way that God dealt with our you know th- with the human race hmm. he didn't immediately reveal the sanctuary in all of its complexity. He started simple with, with a sacrifice um, and he developed on that. Hmm. So I think it's something that takes time.
0: RCU's this quarter is about sacrifices, cleansing and the mediating of truth. I feel it's only right, it's sort of a bit of cleansing here, to let you all know that we record these programs way ahead of time and most times the shows are recorded out of sequence. It's actually July at Andrews University. It's about 100 degrees out there. We want you to know all of this just in case you write about a show and don't see an immediate response to the next show. However, if you would like to join in the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbahschoolu.org. That's www.sabbahschool, For Sabbath School University, I'm Falvo Fowler, and we'll see you next week.